Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. Uh, my name's Chris Sutton, and today I'm very excited because I'm joined by possibly the coolest looking person <laughs> I have ever met. Uh, it's Sam Lee. Um, Sam is the head honcho of Sleigh Services. Um, this is what your mission, how your mission is described online. So to empower people through education, providing them with skills they need to help themselves and others. You're a champion for good mental health and well-being, especially in the workplace, with over 10 years of experience delivering training to public and private sector and in communities. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> is that about right, though? Yes, that is spot on. That's what I've been doing for the last seven, eight years, yes. Cool. So... Essentially, we had a little discussion beforehand about how these things go, what we talk about. Um, you're a mental health professional. Yes. I've had mental health issues in the past. Okay. I always say in the past, but actually it's in the present. Uh, you know, I think it's just an ongoing thing. And essentially, I'm just interested in trying to ask people who, are, who have some experience about their experiences to try and help others get some hints and tips about what they might be able to do to help themselves. Okay. Uh, sound alright? Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, um, as a as a mental health first aider, uh, I know I say I'm a consultant, but I think my main area of focus is first aid, okay. uh, which is generally helping people to recognise the signs and symptoms of mental health or mental health issues. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people just do not have a clue about mental health or what it may be about. So when you talk about that, are you talking about the um there's quite a wide spectrum there, isn't there? Yes. So what do you what do you cover within that? Oh, it's a big one. So we look at we look at we start off with what is mental health, mm -hmm. and then we look at um, depression, anxiety, all the different yeah. anxieties. So there's OCD, there's um, ASD, there's PTSD. So can we so just we look just all of those? Can we just unpack that a little bit? Okay. Um, just for people who are real novices to it. So okay. what does OCD stand for? Oh, that's a big one. I'm so sure obsessive compulsive, uh, compulsive disorder. disorder. Yes. And then, and then ASD is acute stress disorder. Okay. And then that leads on to PTSD, so which is post-traumatic stress. So these are big things. Yeah. These are big things. Okay. And generally, what we we cover all of those. So we cover all the anxieties. We look at suicide in details. So right. a lot of people do not understand anything about suicide. Okay. So it's interesting. I was saying to somebody today about how we don't say commit suicide anymore. You taught me yeah. this yeah, when we when know. we first met. Yes. I yes, said something yes. about committing suicide, and you said actually we don't really say that. Yeah. Ex explain. Yeah. Just explain why not. Um, because it's no longer a crime. So back in the day, it used to be a crime for you to actually kill yourself. Yeah. So if you so they used to say you committed suicide. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the religious whereby you know when you kill yourself you go into hell and all that kind yeah of stuff. Um, oh okay yes mm. so we don't say somebody's committed suicide anymore it's something like they've killed themselves yeah yeah, um, yeah and language is so important very much really very important much. it's all it all plays into the stigma yeah part of it so when the language is awful yeah people kind of feel if you say something, you're saying it against them. Yes. So there's an exercise we do where we get people to write negative terms about mental health that they can think of and positive th terms. And generally, when you look at the positive page, mm -hmm. there's maybe four or five things. When you look at the negative page, 
loads. Really? Yeah. So this is so so this is a an exercise where people just they write a list about themselves. Yes. Well, about what they think when when they hear the word mental health. Mm-hmm. What phrases or okay. words they associate with mental health? Okay. So when you say so, what negative words do you associate with mental health? So you give people that exercise. Yeah. Give them the chance to write it up on the board. Yeah. Okay. And usually they're writing so fast you can see the smoke coming out. <laughs> of the but yeah. when you say now, think about positive words. Yeah. To you associate with mental health. Okay. So Which what what comes out of that exercise then? Oh, I'm not sure I can repeat a lot of them on here. No, no, no. Um, I don't mean the words. I mean. Okay. So, so what? What's the? What do people what's realize? What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Um, it's the the words we use against ourselves. So it's the words. So when I think about mental health, I think some people think, example, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, yeah. That's what you think of. So when you yeah. have a mental health issue, it's difficult for you to tell somebody because you think that's what they're calling you. That do you know what it's that spot on. Yeah. And when when uh, so for me personally, anyone who's ever listened to my podcast will know, um, you know, um, some of the experiences I've been through, and you know, getting to the point of of, of suicidal thinking. And yeah. um, but when you but when you do so, for example, when I was off work with and signed off with depression, yeah. uh, I um, I asked my manager to tell people it was for some other reason. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. uh, and yeah. now I kind of look at that almost ashamedly, you know, I mean, and that's, I was in a very different place then, so I can forgive myself for it, but, um, but yeah, that is 100% yeah, about the stigma. There, there are millions of people like that. I used to work in HR, and it's the same thing. People would rather call and say they've got something else, yeah. instead of what they've actually, what they're going through. Yeah. And, you know, I do like to say you're living through a mental health issue. You're not suffering from yeah. it. Yeah. You're that's living with it. Actually, that you that's know? something I've tried to... In fact, have I said it in the introduction to this? Overcoming the struggles of life, I say at the introduction of this. Uh, yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, when the, that phraseology of, um, oh, I suffer with anxiety, yes, I suffer yes, with yes. depression, it's a, it's it's a phrase. Again. Yes. It's a It's a negative. Yeah. It's um, a negative word. I like so I went to a um, World Mental Health Day. There was a um, in Leeds. There was a conference a couple of years ago where Alastair Campbell, um, yes, Tony yes, Blair, yes, spin yes, doctor, yes, yes. and then Clark Carlisle, the yeah, footballer. Yeah. They, I've heard him speak. Yeah, well, they both really spoke good. at it, and I can't remember which one of. I think it was Clark Carlisle. He was saying about this continuum of like one to ten. You know that people are on all day every day you're somewhere on that line yes. in terms of your mental yes. Yes. health yes. Yes. you're yes. never kind of um you're never off it's not like i'm fixed i'm broken it's always somewhere along that line and people yeah. that that are, are struggling if you like the most uh, or people that kind of slip into that um mental illness i kind of can't get out of the bottom kind of one or two um, yeah. of that for an extended period of time. Yeah. Which is quite an interesting way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we are all on a continuum. and we, But we always say recovery is possible. Yeah. So some people think once you've got a mental health issue, that's it. Yeah. You're done for life. Lock them up. Chuck the key. Right. But Sam Lee the has just said <clears throat> recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. I like that. I mean, yeah. I, I, think that's, I think that's something. Hashtag recovery is possible. I, hey, you know, it's... <laughs> It's a really positive way of thinking about it. 
when I talk about mental health, I try to talk about positive mental health. Um, you know, the peer-to-peer -peer support group that I've spoken to you about on numerous occasions now, um, that is about focusing on positive mental health. Yes. It's not a group of people sat around saying, I feel awful, yet me too. It's what can we do about it? How can we talk about it? How can we leave this room feeling more uplifted yes, than, when we, than when, we, when we get in? So can I ask you, how did you get into it? How did you get into mental health? Um, it's two things. I used to work with the Department of Health. Mm -hmm. um, so as a, as a physical first aider there, I used to treat a paper cut every six months. Right. Um, so the opportunity to become a mental health first aider in the first instance, because um, partly I used to be a charity chair. I used to chair a charity within the African community. Right. And it's interesting because um, we don't talk about mental health within the African community. Really? Yeah. The language I speak, there's no word for mental health. What, what? So I speak Yoruba, which is a Nigerian language. Okay. There's no word for mental health. Wow. And if you find a word, it will be a very negative word, like wow. mad. Right. Yeah. So okay. I wanted to dispel some of the myths and some of the scary attitude that people have towards yeah. mental health. Um, so when the course came up within the Department of Health for somebody to come up and go be a trainer, Mm -hmm. I went along and went to do the course to be a trainer. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because as a physical first aider, I used to get maybe one paper cut every six weeks, six yeah. months, yeah, yeah. rather. As a physical, as a mental health first aider, almost every other week, wow. I was having somebody pull me up to say, can we have a word? Yeah. Can we have a chat? So is that what the role is then? So, so because I know that you run the courses now. So yes. you are, um, so people that finish that course, they are in a. They are then welcoming people to come and talk to them about their mental health. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Partly, partly like a physical first aider is being able to spot the signs. Yeah. And being able to confidently talk to that person. Yeah, that means that. I think it's amazing how many people would see something going on, but they're not sure what to say. So, what would what kind of signs are we talking about? If you were to take an example. Um, signs of. It could be it could be depression. It could be somebody who's one day they're happy, they they're great, mm. and then for the next few weeks they might not be doing very well in the workplace. Mm -hmm. They might be absent. Yeah. Um. They might have. It could it could be anything that they're going through. But it's being able to see that they're going through a tough time, and being able to, we teach you how to talk to somebody. Yeah. We show you a lot. We talk a lot about listening non-judgmentally because most of us listen to comment. We don't actually listen to just listen. Okay. So we teach you a lot about how to listen non-judgmentally. Right. How to have a frame of reference. So when you're talking to somebody, you're not judging them. Mm. You're stepping into their shoes yeah. and coming from their point of view. Uh. So as a mental health first aider, you're trained to be able to talk to somebody and draw them out. That is fascinating. Mm. I, I can see that actually um actually i think i'm really guilty of that okay. of listening without list like list like listening to make comment mm. as opposed to just yeah. listening yeah. um yeah and i think probably a lot of people are yeah, we're not trained to listen though are we we're no. trained to talk we're yeah. trained to read you're we're trained to write you're essentially planning what you're gonna what you're gonna say next yeah so it that becomes your uh, focus, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's in, that's interesting. So, so one of my fears around that, 
Um, you don't want to put you on the spot too much, but what would so in the, on, on the mental first aid training? What if someone comes to you in crisis? Okay, during the course. No, no. Um, I mean, so once they're back in their working environments, so I come to the mental first aid course, then I go back to my working environment. What happens if someone comes to me in crisis? Is okay. There, is there a safety yes. net kind of... So we've got, um, it'd be like the physical first aid where you've got Dr. ABC. So you look at um, danger, response, airway, breathing, circulation. Okay, yeah. We've got something similar within MHFA. Um, it's copyrighted, so I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it. Okay, that's out, fine. Out wide. Um, but it's basically, we teach you, if somebody comes to you in a crisis, how to deal oh, with wow. that person. Okay. So, so how, to, how to help him. You right. Know, we say things like, ask them if they've thought about killing themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, again, people say if you talk about suicide, you might make that person want to go and do it. Mm. But that's a myth. Yeah. Again, feel free to ask them. So. Yeah. What kind of things are you thinking about? I've just been talking to someone about this. The okay. last meeting I was at, a lady was saying to me that she's worried about a member of her staff who, um, and she's worried that she's going to be dismissed from work and then she's going to end up sit, sitting in her house with the mm. wind, you know, with the curtains closed and perhaps thinking these thoughts and, en and ending her life. Yeah. Um, and she was saying, to, well, she's literally just said to me, I'm worried about, if I say that, I'm worried about that. It might put the idea in her head. That's a myth. Yeah. That's a myth. Okay, you I'll get on the phone somebody, after this. Yeah, I mean, again, there's a way you do it, yeah, which is course. part of the things we teach you within the MHFA course. Yeah, okay. There's a way you actually ask somebody. Okay. Well, if somebody came to you in a crisis, you know, when we say crisis, we're talking about a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about suicidal thoughts, yeah. anything like that. We teach you how to deal with that person, how to help them. Mm -hmm. And just like a first aider, you kind of look up to them yeah. until the professional arrives. Yeah. So you're not a doctor, and we always tell people you are not a doctor. Yeah, that, that, you're that was not my, a therapist. That was my worry. Um, was you people... cannot diagnose people. Yeah. And we have an exercise that we do as well, okay. whereby we have different symptoms, mm -hmm. and you've got to match a symptom to uh, a diagnosis. Okay. And it shows how difficult it is for even doctors to be able to diagnose somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's we we don't diagnose people. We just notice they've got they might be going through some tough times mm -hmm. and we just help them out. Yeah. I mean it it's it sounds it sounds like it's I mean it's clearly a very positive thing. Um are some of the fee I'm assuming you get quite a lot of positive feedback around it. So okay. what are some of the stories that you might have heard about um I'm just trying to get some get this out there about promoting it. That people yes. may people may listen to this and think, you know what, I want to go on that course. And really, that's the purpose of uh, of this particular episode of Mental Conversations. Really, okay. is to uh, you know kind of inspire people to get involved in it. So, so what kind of um, I suppose what does someone who does the course what are they going to get out of it for okay. their own mental health, maybe? Yeah, so there's different aspects to it. I do have people come on the course, and I've had some letters back from participants. Okay, One recently, great. actually, I went to run the course for a mindfulness company. Mm -hmm. They teach mindfulness in York. And I got an email from one of the ladies saying, during one of their mindfulness sessions, a lady had a panic attack. Right. And during the course, we actually teach you how to 
help somebody who might be having a panic attack. Right, okay. So we teach you something called the, the dove and you you one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, kind of put me down, um, up and down to calm them down. Mm -hmm. So she didn't know what to do. Yeah. She wouldn't have known what to do if she'd not been on my course. Fantastic. Um, there's also a lady who sent me an email saying she'd been having um, an issue for a while, but she didn't know what it was mm -hmm. until she came on my course. Right. And so recognizing yeah, it. that helped her. I think, personally, record your voice yeah. and then just play it in the corner because <laughs> it's so calming. Like, yeah. I have to tell. Asleep. I have to tell the story because, like, we arranged to meet each other through through a mutual friend. In fact, two people said. Chris, you've got to talk to this guy. You've got to talk to this guy. And then, and we'd never met. I had no idea no, what he looked like. No. And I sat there in Colby's coffee shop, of course. I always mention Colby. Shout out to uh, Ali and Zoe. Um, and, and I was sat there, and one of the ladies that had recommended you to me said, you'll know him because he's the coolest guy you'll ever see. And you walked in and you had this cool hat on, and I was like, that's my man. That's my guy. Thank you. Straight away. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so so yeah so so you got into it. Um, what do you what do you get out of it? Um, I love it. I, like I said, my passion is empowering people, mm. and it's something I've always loved doing. Um, I'm a financial coach as well. Okay. So I sit down with families and I help them look at their finances, mm -hmm. help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Which of course that financially impacts on people's mental health. Definitely, massively. definitely. Yeah. There's this thing about suicide whereby. Um, a lot of people kill themselves when they do is either through money mm -hmm. issues or relationships right or usually behind the relationship it's the money okay so for me those two things go hand in hand finance mental health yeah they work hand in hand i love doing it i love teaching it i left a full-time job to be able to do this I, I mean that that fascinates me in itself um but having the actual um kahunas to go and like <laughs> to actually go and do that it's like you know that's massive that's it was time i turned 45 and i thought you know what if i don't do it now i'm never gonna do it good for you man because i mean i know i know from having researched it through having talked to you now through knowing people that have been on your course you know just how helpful it is to other people and the reason i like to ask you questions and see about why what your motivations are what you know what is it about it for you sam that made you do it you come out with things then like empowering you know mm -hmm. so you you so you're not you're not saying to someone you must go and do this you're giving someone the tools to then yeah. go and you know use use them to actually help other people but like you say you're giving them the confidence um and the empowerment to actually go and yeah. do that yeah there's this thing about i'm not sure if you've heard this i'm sure you are where they say give a man a fish you feed him for a day. Yeah. Teach him how to fish, you feed him for life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what this is. It's yeah. just being able to give people the opportunity, they can take it away and help their neighbors, help mm. their family. You'll be amazed how many people come on the course and there's family members who've got yeah. lots of different issues. Yeah, of course. I ran a course recently, there were 11 people in it, no, 12 people in it. When we came to suicide, almost half of the room Wow. Had to leave. Wow. Because children yeah. had killed themselves. Oh. One or two attempted nieces, nephews. 
And it's amazing how many times that happens, whereby I run a course for 16 people and usually there's 11 or 12 who've got personal experiences. It's a massive subject. That in itself is an indicator, isn't it? I mean, it just shows, that just shows you the... Um, I, I have this conversation with people quite a lot. So I'll get asked to go and speak at events and things, and I, and I, I enjoy it. I like going and talking about this stuff. Um, but quite often there's a frustration underlying it that I'm speaking to the converted, you know, I'm preaching mm. the converted. Yes, yes. The people that are in attendance are already, you know, mental health um, yeah. advocates. Well, what's the best way to describe it? They have an interest. Yes. So like you've just said, if, if on a course of 16 people, 11 of them have some kind of really in-depth mm. um, personal experience of mental health through friends and family, um, you know, that's kind of their motivation for being there. Yeah. One of the things I would really, you know, I'd want to, I want to push the boundaries even further and try to get, I think, you know, it's trying to get the hard to reach people that mm. don't understand it, don't yeah. engage with it. Yes. Because, yes. because yes. they yes. also have a massive role to play in identifying people who have these signs mm. that are giving off these signals that need yeah. some help, need some support. And equally, it's not just about intervention and helping people once they get to a point where they need helping. Mm. It's about um, people who are not suffering or not struggling um, maintaining their positive mental health. Yeah, you know that, yeah. that, that's the thing for me is how yeah. do, how do we? So it's a kind of two pronged approach, if you like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't it's know. amazing. I mean, I I love what I do. Partly because of what you just said, whereby it's the common man, it's the regular person on the street who would come on my course. Mm -hmm. um, if it's for a company, I've just I've been working within the construction industry right. a lot recently. They've got the highest suicide rate, male suicide within the industry. Right, okay. So I've been running some courses for different construction industries. So construction uh, industry. In the construction industry, yes. Yeah. So I've okay. been running some courses for them and it's amazing how I give them an evaluation form, and before they came on the course, it's like one or two mm -hmm. knowledge of mental health. But when they finish, it's about nine, eight, nine, ten. That's amazing. And because most people do not have a clue. No, most and, people don't know. And and there's a kind of um, I don't know. Back to the kind of Alistair Campbell, Clark Carlisle thing. I think this was an Alistair Campbell thing. He said um, that you know, 20, 30 years ago, cancer was talked about that people would say the big C yes, or yes, the C word yes, yes, and yes. wouldn't say, wouldn't even say the word cancer. Mm. Uh, you know, any Harry Potter fans out there, watch out, I'm about to say <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, but it, but it was that kind of, it's kind of, you know, you'd go, oh, what's wrong with them? They've got mental health yes, problems. Yes, you know, you whisper yes, it under yes, your breath. Yes, you, yes. you know, you, and... We are kind of right at the, um, not right at the beginning, but we're still towards the beginning of this kind of process of going. So, for example, like with, with cancer, now it is commonly spoken about different yeah. forms of cancer. Yeah. The, the more um, it is talked about and the more kind of uh, widely promoted mm. um, the need is for support yeah. around it, the more kind of... Um, charities have sprung up around it yes, the more yes, support yes. people are getting 
the more... I mean, I even People heard... People are more open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, actually, I don't want to put them down. because, Like, I want to suggest I'm putting them down because they're obviously doing a fantastic thing. But I have heard there's a podcast called um, You, Me and the Big C, I think, which is oh, some, right. okay. a group of women who are, are all have all been diagnosed with cancer that are talking right. about that experience yes. what an amazing thing to do talk yeah, about yeah, talk about yeah. that so that people who have had that diagnosis can actually um you know listen to just people that know what it's like this podcast is a similar kind of thing for mental health yes you know yes, where it's yes. let's get it out there let's get people talking about it and going oh okay you know what I have some bad days too, and mm-hmm. and actually maybe there are some different things, some things I can do about it to to make uh, to make a difference. So, um, and it's amazing how many people come on the calls, and I always encourage them at the beginning, please feel free to share. Everything we say in this room stays in this room. Yeah, great. Um, confidentiality is very very important, but please share, and you'll be surprised how many people actually just talk. Yeah, I mean, we. it's interesting because that is a course where you're there to learn something. Mm-hmm. Like the, the group that I um, attend and, like, and help to run is, is around, is people, it's a peer-to-peer support group. So yes. it's, kind of, it's kind of the reason people are there, but it never fails to amaze me when we get new people. Um, so I had, we had a new guy the week before last, and he came up to me before the session. He could see I was standing at the front so he could see I was the one who was going to be delivering the session and he pulled me to one side and he said I don't know if I'm supposed to be here I don't know <laughs> I don't know what to do it was almost, yes, and I could yes. kind of see it in his eyes he was, <clears throat> he was kind of hoping I was going to dismiss him and yes, say you don't have to yes, come yes, and he said yes, but yes. my manager said that I should come to this I'm currently off work with anxiety um, and uh, I kind of you know metaphorically took him by the hand Gave him a chocolate biscuit, a cup of tea, <laughs> took him in, and you down. know, and sat down yeah. with him. Introduced him to some people that I knew were really friendly. They're all really friendly, to be fair. Anyway, um, when it came time after we'd had the presentation, and it became time to sit and have a for people to talk on their tables. After about two or three minutes, he started talking, and wow. by the end of the session, he was he was smiling, he was laughing, he was. You know, he was really yeah, engaging. Yeah. And I, and for me, it was like looking in a mirror. Yeah. So the stuff he was saying, I was like, that's me, that's yeah, me. Yeah, and I was telling yes, him that. Yes. And I, I deliberately sat on his table to make sure he was okay because it was his first session. And, you know, he just got so much out of it, yeah. Um, yeah. talking about yeah. it. I mean, I go to a lot of um, events, and it's interesting when I introduce myself to people, especially the men, mm-hmm. um, Almost every event I go to, a man would say, oh, yeah, um, I've had depression in the past, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, they would whisper it rather than say what the problem is. Yeah. Um, Because they've heard I'm a mental health specialist. Yeah. They feel feel like they can talk about it. So so tips, what we're saying to people is, you know, talk about it. Mm. It's hard. It is hard. Don't get me wrong. It is hard. It's good to talk. But it is. It's good to talk to each other about it. It's good to to share um, your feelings with people. And I think it's something that it is. It's a culture shift we're trying to do here, isn't it? We're trying to make this culture shift so that um, so that it is something people talk about. There is a lot of like eye rolling. I think there's a lot of kind of eyebrows raised, and a lot of people sometimes that are like, "Oh God, you know, do we really have to talk about this?" Yes, yes. 
I'll tell you a story. Mm. Spoke to uh, a managing director last year, trying to get him to run the course for his company. And he actually turned to me and said, be honest with me, mental health is a myth, isn't it? Wow. This okay. was last year. What did you say to him? I was like, no, it's not. You know, one in six working adults will have symptoms of mental health issues mm. in any year. Yeah. And it's a big problem. Your staff, yeah. a lot of them are home now. They've not told you what the problem is because of your attitude. Yeah. Um, but they're all there, depressed yeah. and anxious. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't buy into it because that's his attitude. That's crazy. But we need to change yeah. people with that kind of mindset. I think I'm passionate about men very much about men talking about mental health. Yeah. It's a shame, really, because we don't like to talk. No, and I think, so I, th I think that, because obviously you can't shut me up about it, so I'm like the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, you know. but, so, um, you know, I've mentioned this before with people. I think having your own action plan around yes. what you're going to do for yourself is really, really important. I think setting some goals so that you've got the opportunity to, in a few, you know, yeah. a week, a month, a year, to look back and reflect on, oh, okay, I have moved forward. Yes, yes. Or looking at, um, you know, are there any kind of, what did my, someone I was speaking to described it as um, like a spiral. Like, is there, some, is there something I can identify that I feel at my worst? Oh, it's always after this. Triggers. Triggers. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. So triggers. Yes. Yes. So maybe after a bad night's sleep. Yeah. Maybe after drinking 15 pints. Yeah. You know, maybe after yeah. whatever it is. Maybe after an argument. Maybe. Yeah. Wha Recognizing whatever. your triggers. Yes. If you can yes. recognize those triggers, then there is something you can actually then do about it. Because mm. you either don't drink 15 pints. Yeah. Or um, if it is an argument, okay, you're not necessarily going to be able to avoid arguments, but maybe you can then put coping mechanisms in place for for how to stay calm. Good coping mechanisms. Good coping, yeah. Because <laughs> there's bad ones. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, so so like you mean like... Like smoking, yeah. in my opinion, is a bad coping strategy. Um, Actually, you see that a lot, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. In fact, my friend... Uh, God, this is going back a bit. Uh, this is just um, flown into my funnel. Um, my son's a big Thomas the Tank Engine fan. Okay. Um, he, uh, my friend, wrote a song called "The Cigarette," and he oh, and uh, and he, the first lyric is when when I light it, the cigarette lets me down, and the reason. And I said to him, "What what is it about?" And he said he was at a funeral, and after they buried this person, he said, "You know, they were walking back, um, or to the to, to the wake or whatever." And half the congregation like lit up a it's cigarette, tough, yeah. and he was like, "Yeah, that'll help." Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yes, um, yes. So, yeah, probably yeah. easy to say for a non-smoker, but like, um, I mean, well, I smoked for twenty years, um, so I can, I, I see, I see the, I understand the addiction. Yeah. Okay. Um, I understand it. Why it's, it's a bad coping strategy. Drinking. Yeah. It's a bad coping strategy. Self-harming, eating disorders, they're all coping strategies Yeah. Um, for dealing with issues that may be going on in life. Yeah. And it's looking for good strategies rather than bad ones. And the key there for me is that, the, is that again, if you have like an action plan, I don't know if that's the right term, but 
If you recognise, so firstly, if you recognise when something is happening, so wh what the triggers are, yes, and if you realise, okay, so I, so for me personally, I feel tired a lot of the time because I think I go to bed too early. If I'm honest, I think I go to bed too early, then I wake up really early, but then I get exhausted around lunchtime, and I'll have something sugary to kind of get, keep me going, uh, okay. and then in the afternoon I'm like no use to anyone because I'm so tired again and I crash. Mm. have like a sugar crash so for me i've recognized that and now i can try and do something about it you know mm. go to bed a bit later yes. or um you know make sure i have something healthier to eat or um wh whatever whatever it is but if you recognize it and then you can implement that thing then you can try and repeat that until it becomes a habit yes um yes. and then that and then hopefully that won't happen to you and then like i say you then look back at it um, six months down the line and whilst you might not be skipping along the street happy and there will be other things that mm. you're unhappy with you'll still be able to look and say hey I, I've uh, yes, I've I moved on that. from that yes I did that yeah yeah. yeah. I mean for me it's important that you set goals mm. um, I teach people something called the CCMP which is having a clear concise mental picture okay. of what you want right. um, I've got whiteboard in my bedroom above my bed really my goals and not just mine but my wife and my children wow. cut out pictures put it on the dream board oh um, tell so me about that what's I, on your I, dream board what's on my dream board i want to retire 55 okay um i have a house in st vincent that's where my wife is from okay so we're looking to retire at 55 have something over there is that just outside um, skipton yeah <laughs> definitely not um what else my sons want to go to disney mm -hmm. um one of them wanted to go to the caribbean we've already done that we've knocked it off board. and um, one of them for me was to be self-employed mm -hmm. which i've already crossed on so as i achieve it i put a cross through it okay so it's still there have you got the coolest man on the planet crossed out not yet but that, that will that will come. I can guarantee it. Yeah. But yeah, so having goals is very important. Personal development, in my opinion, is massive. Yeah. If you can see yourself as a better person a year from now, mm. it makes yeah. a big difference. And there's no end. There's no end, is there? You, you know, you're never going to develop it. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. this is one of the things that always comes back to me when I talk to. Um, uh, to Nicola, um, I don't think you've, I haven't introduced you to Nicola yet, but I will. Mm -hmm. Nicola's like a regular um, guest on on the podcast, um, just because she's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and we bounce. she couldn't be there last time actually. That's remember, right. Yes, and we bounce off each other really well. But she, but she always kind of um, ribs me a little bit about being like a manager about things because I used to manage her at work, and and I would always be talking about personal development. And you know, but you're talking about it with a slant towards work, so it might be about developing uh, your yes, presentation yes, skills, yes, or yes. you know. Um, whereas, you, you know, so you set yourself these things at, at work, but then you don't do it in your home life. Yeah. And and it's like, well, hang on a minute, yeah. you know, what's more important to you as an individual? You know, and at the very least, they should have equal importance mm. i'm going to get i'm going to have a mood board i mean I'm for going myself for a there's this stat that says out of a hundred people mm. one is financially independent no one is wealthy four financially independent 41 still working and 54 are dead broke yeah okay. so out of five out of a hundred are actually financially okay? yeah okay. those five are the ones that actually have goals 
Right, okay. They've set goals for themselves. They know where they're going and they're facing that direction. Okay. And I think those are the five. So goal setting. Goal setting is massive. You're going to like this. You yeah. know what mood is backwards? Doom. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I've got this weird thing. One of my sort of weird thing about my head is that I see words backwards. It's a very strange All thing. Right. Um, but um, you know the longest word that is the same forwards as backwards? Race car. I've there you seen go. That. I'll save you that. My son gave me okay. that. My son. I was. I was just thinking about something my son did recently, actually, um, along the same lines. Um, go on. Yeah, so what did your son do? He gave me something along the same lines, something like that. The words goes backwards. Mirror, is it mirror? If you put it in front of a mirror, it looks uh, the same oh, way. Oh, I like that. Like I like that. that. So if you put it in front of a mirror, it looks exactly looks the, same. the same way. Oh, I don't know that. I'm I don't not know sure that. which word it is, Alas. Anyway, doom. Mood is doom backwards. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. The same as... It's just sometimes, sometimes things like that tickle me because obviously without a mood board could be doom. Yeah. It's the same as stressed backwards is the solution. Did you just think of that one? Desserts. Did you just think of no, that No, no, no. I just, no, I've heard it before. That's actually, I might actually use that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I might steal that. Yeah. I um, might that. So, you know, give everyone a bit of cake and say this is, this is what it's all about. Yes. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? Because I'm conscious of time. Yes. Um, um, I think it's important for as many as, as many people as possible to do the mental health first aid course. Um, I'm running the next one in. I've got one coming up in May, mm-hmm. in August, and in November. So, if people wanted to book onto the course, how do they get in contact with you? My website, or they can email me at sam at slayservices.co.uk. How are you spelling slay? Slay is S L E I G H. Like Santa. As in Santa, and then services, S-A-R-V-I-C-E-S dot co dot U-K. Okay. Or my mobile number, which is 07939-564-998. And are you on Twitter? Twitter is Slay1Love. So it's S-L-E-I-G-H, number one, and then love. I love that. Um, yeah. I wanted to get that in there, just because I love that. Because every time you tweet or you direct message me, it comes up. Yeah, Slay1Love. Slay1Love, and I'm like, that is so cool. And I, mine's just boring. It's either like Chris or Mental Conversations or something. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's important for people to talk about mental health. Yeah, it's, massively. It's massive. You know, and there's nothing wrong with you talking about it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you asking somebody. Yeah. You know, how are you feeling today? And not just taking the usual fine. Yeah. Actually yeah. answer the question. Yeah. Listen. Ask answer the question. Properly, yeah. Look, I, I really enjoyed this. I think we should do it again sometime. Focus yeah. on a particular aspect of mental health. Maybe talk about the financial management side of things. Okay. Yeah. It might be a good idea. So um thank you out there for listening. Follow me on Twitter at capital M for mental. Uh, uh, mental comms so it's m-e-n-t-a-l-c-o-n-v-s another episode of mental conversations will be winging its way to you soon guys and uh, yeah thanks again for listening and sam you're a legend thank you it's been awesome thank you very much